Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Go ahead and put up my nuggets this morning. Nugget number one. Ready? Would you stand to your feet as we read these nuggets? Particularly this one, because it comes straight out of the word of Almighty God. As a matter of fact, all the other nuggets won't even matter if you don't get this one right. You will stumble around in darkness as long as you live if you don't get this right. You will never live the kind of life that Jesus purchased for you until you get this right. If you don't get this right, your walk with God will never be like it's supposed to be. Are you all ready? Ready? Read. Read it again. Say it again. No, the earth doesn't belong to the United States. And the earth does not belong to world leaders. And get a hold of this. The earth doesn't belong to the devil because the devil didn't make the earth. The earth belongs to its maker. And because he made it, nobody can take it out of his hands. The earth is the Lord's. We need to settle that so we'll stop worrying. The earth is the Lord's. And I know man thinks he's God. He thinks he's going to do something and blow up the earth. How can he blow the earth up when he didn't make the earth? The very things that he thinks he can put together to blow up the earth is the very things that God made. Everything man made, he got it out of God's earth. Everything. The rocket that they shot into space the other day. Every piece of that rocket came out of God's earth. The fuel came out of God's earth. The house you live in came out of God's earth. The clothes you got on your back came out of God's earth. The car that you drive came out of God's earth. The furnace that heats your house came out of God's earth. The air conditioner that cools it in the summer, it all came out of God's earth. The glasses that you have on your face, it came out of God's earth. The shoes that you have on your feet, it came out of God's earth. Or an animal that ate from God's earth. The earth is the Lord's. So that means the earth is not yours and is not mine. And it's not the devil's. The earth is the Lord's. Nugget number two. Come on, read it like you can read. See, you can't get two right until you get one right. 
See, if you don't get one right, you'll think your stuff belongs to you. Oh, Jesus. And when you think it's your stuff, it's hard to give it when God asks for it. Help me, Holy Ghost. We're not owners. We're just stewards. Nugget number three. Somebody said, job, tell my husband you need a better job. But if we're going to read it in the Bible context, we're going to say Job. Come on, ready, read. Job recognized. I said, Job, I don't know about you because your opinion may be whatever you have, it belonged to you. But Job recognized that everything he had down to his children and his cattle and his sheep, that everything he had, it all came to him from God. That his possessions was not his source. God was his source. Nugget number four. Well, I want to work on that a minute, but we'll come back. Because some of you think you're going to take it to the grave. I think I mentioned a few services ago, I heard a song driving down the road, when I die, uh, put my money in the grave. Put, put my money in the grave or something like that. I know some of you know, you just don't want nobody to know that you know the song I'm trying to put together. When I die, I put my stuff in the grave. This is so important. You can't take, come on. Listen, listen. It don't make any difference who you are. You can be rich. You can be Bill Gates or Warren Buffett. Are you listening to me? Or you can be a man under the bridge. When you leave here, you're going to leave the same. The richest man won't take anything with him. And the poorest man won't take anything with him as well. So everything you think you have, when you die, you won't take any of it with you. They will take, somebody will take even the ring off your finger. After everybody leave the graveyard. Next nugget, please. You see how you have to fix number one? Ready? Read it again. Say that to your neighbor. Say, neighbor, whatever you have. Come on, talk to him. Who gave it to him? I said, who gave it to him? I said, who gave it to him? Because sometimes people forget. And when you forget that the Lord gave it to you, you stop worshiping him. You start moving into feeling. If I feel like it, I'll worship him. If I don't feel like it, I won't say nothing. Do I have any more nuggets? 
Give me nugget. Ooh, yes, yes. Come on now. Come on, say it again. Come on. I, I see the word hallelujah. Ain't nobody shouting hallelujah. Come on, read it again. I don't care what you lost, you can get it again. Come on, tell somebody, I don't care what you lost, you can get it again. I don't care what you lost, you can get it again. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of Almighty Jehovah. The title of the message this morning is Good Steward, Bad Steward. The title of the message this morning is Good Steward, Bad Steward. What's the title of the message? Mm -hmm. And everybody in this room is one of the two. And only one qualifies for the blessing. What's the title of the message? Okay. See. A good steward would always increase. Could it be the lack of your progression has been because you have been deemed in heaven a bad steward? Now, 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 I'm going to inject this. It's not a part of the message, but I'm going to inject it because it's very difficult for us to really understand many times the scriptures when we read it, and you've heard me say this before, is because when we read the word of God, we read it with a westernized mindset. And that's why I thank the Lord for today. It's just a real breakthrough today. But, but uh, we have had occasion when we come to church and it just feels like you're grinding. It's, it's because in America... Uh, we live under what we call a democracy. And with a, with a democratic mindset, it's very difficult to understand scripture. As a matter of fact, that's probably the reason we have such a challenge understanding scripture because we read it with a democratic mindset or, or a, a colonial mindset or a westernized mindset. And this is not a westernized book. Uh, we're, we, we're fighting for democracy in this country, yes? But democracy was not ordained by God. That's man concoction. See, the Bible doesn't embrace democracy. The Bible is a theocracy. And the reason we struggle in America in following God and understanding God is because we try, we try to follow God with a democratic mindset, which just simply means if I want to follow him, I will. And if I don't feel like it, I don't follow him. It's just like coming to church. If you feel like it, you come. If you don't feel like it, you don't come. And sometimes when you do come, you feel like you, God owes you something because you showed up. 
It's the only thing that people participate in expecting a reward for doing nothing. Well, I said a whole lot there. Are you all listening to me? That God owe you something just because you showed up. They don't pay you on your job just because you showed up. You better do something or at least act like it. Are you all with me? Just give me a little time. It's going to bless us. It's going to bless us because we don't understand the word of God from a theological perspective, from a from a kingdom perspective. We, we always think we have a choice. It's like doing praise and worship. If you understood you were in a kingdom, you couldn't have stood there and not open your mouth. Because if you're in a kingdom, that means you have what? That means you have a king. If we're in the kingdom of God, then that means we have a king. And everything we do is predicated on what the king requests. Where we're not in the dark about what the king requests because he gave us a manual. And the king's request is let everything, come on, talk to me, church. Praise the Lord. That's not what I conjured up or your neighbor. That's the request of the king. As a matter of fact, it's not even a request. It's a decree. But the reason we don't do it is because we don't have a kingdom mindset. We have a democratic mindset. We think we can vote God in if we like him and vote him out if we don't like him. Yes, you can vote him in and vote him out if he was a president. But God is not a president. He's a king. He's the king of kings. And he's Lord. Well, you can't be a king without a kingdom. You remember when Jesus got arrested and uh, they were, he was brought before uh, the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, and they falsely accused him, yes? And what did Jesus do? He never opened his mouth. He, he never said a word because in the Sanhedrin's court, they were not talking kingdom talk. But when he came before the king of, of Rome, when he came before Pilate and Herod, uh, the king said, I they say that you are a king. And Jesus looked at him. He said, well, if you're a king, then where is your kingdom? Jesus. And Jesus opened his mouth. The reason, the reason he opened his mouth, son, is because the, the, the Pilate and Herod was talking from a kingdom perspective. And he did not answer the Pharisees because they were talking from a religious perspective. And Jesus never responded to religion.
And today we're talking about honoring the king. And when you honor the king, you don't have a position. Your position is whatever the king says. I fell on my face at two or three in the morning and wept like a baby. when The Lord opened up the revelation to me about him being a king and being Lord over all. And I start thinking about just little things that I was preserving for myself. When my eyes finally popped open to realize that everything that I thought I was preserving, it all belongs to him. Everything I have, it belongs to him. You should have seen what I had before he gave me something. Jesus. You should have seen where I, how I was living, how deprived, how, how low, how, how messed up my life was until the Lord gave me something. And everything I got, I lost, but everything he gave me, the devil's not big enough to take it away. In Psalms 24, you just read it, the earth is the Lord's. And all this fullness, the world and those who dwell there. The earth is the Lord's. Whose is it? The earth is the Lord's. Who is it? The earth is the Lord's. And everything that dwell therein. We only get in trouble, people of God. When we think. Say think. When we think what we have belong to us. Where in reality, you're only a steward. Good or bad, steward nonetheless. And God said what he would do and what he would give to a good steward. And he said what he would do and how he would respond to a bad steward. And God will only trust me to the degree that I have proven that I am a good steward. Is this blessing anybody? The Bible is filled with the testimony of God as king. And as king, that means that God owns everything. Are you listening to me? I know this is messing with your, with your mind, but in a kingdom, say kingdom, the king, say the king, owns everything. The property, the people, the cattle, the sheep, the grass, the king owns everything and your democratic mind fights just the thought of that. But in a kingdom, a king owns everything. And as people of God, we are in the kingdom of God. That means Everything we think we have belongs to the king. 
And our job is just simply to worship him with the house, to worship him with the car, to worship him with the furniture, to worship him with our education, to worship him with our money, to worship him with our talents, to worship him with our gifts, to lay it at the king's feet. And it's easy to do when you acknowledge that he gave it to you. Oh, God, I hope this blesses you as much as it did me. So we are called managers. We are called to manage the resources of God and be good stewards of what he has put in our lives to manage. We we are not owners. We are what? We're we're not owners. We're what? We are not owners. We're what? Now, I know for the sake of understanding, you own a home, etc. But in reality, you don't own anything. I tell you what, everything you think you own, when you die, take it with you. Now, you're laughing, but a lot of folks live like that. They live like they are going to take everything with them. Oh, Jesus. Is this helping anybody at all? Now, let's go, because Job uh, stated one of the most powerful, and I'll probably end it right here, but Job stated one of the most powerful stewardship statements in all of the scriptures. And I won't take all the time like I did in my study. I'll just give you an overview. But if you'll go to Job real quick. Go to Job. Somebody over here said job to their husband. But uh, uh, job number one. Uh, chapter number one. This is, this is so profound. Look at verse Number 21, and and look what Job said. Ready? Read. And he said, talking about Job, what did he say? Go ahead. It always says, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, now look, look at this, particularly the A part. He says, naked I came into this world. And then he said, naked shall I return. Now, you have to, in your study time, read it all, and you'll understand the, the, the magnificent, uh, the, 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 the power, the, the insight the dedication and the submission he had to have to God to say this. Because in your study time, you'll discover that the Bible says that Job was was an upright man. That he lived right before God. And the accuser of the brethren. Do you know that Satan goes before God concerning you? accusing you, trying to convince God not to bless you because of the things you do or don't do that he tells you to do. And the Bible says that Satan went before God over Job and said, yeah, he lives right. 
Boy, I wish I could put my name there. Yes, he serves you. This is Satan talking to God. But the only reason he's serving you like he's serving you is because you got a hedge around him. He's he's got those seven sons, three daughters. He's got got all those cattle, all those sheep. He's, He's got all those blessings. But the only reason he's serving you is because you've blessed him so much and you've got this hedge around him where I can't touch him. In other words, he was telling God, the only reason he's serving you like that is because of the stuff you've given him. If you let me take away those material things, I'll get him to curse you to your face. Now, I didn't say you, but this is what God said about Job. God said, all right. I'm filling my Cheerios because I know I'm protected. I know there's a lot of things the devil would do to me if he could do it to me, but there's a hedge of protection around me. Anybody else got a hedge? God said, you're right. I do have a, Jesus. I do have a hedge around him. I tell you what, I'm going to remove it. And you can do to him Whatever you want to do to him, but you can't touch his life. Would you serve God? Come on, it's easy to say, but would you really serve God if you lost everything you have? Then your good friends come over your house and say, man, what have you done wrong for, for, for God to be dealing with you like this? Man, you've had to, you must be doing something. You, you must have a lady on the side. You, you must be going to quick trip, buying lottery tickets. You're doing something. For the devil to attack you like this. Man, man I mean, the devil killed his daughters. And he kept on serving God. Killed all seven of his sons. And he kept on serving God. The devil attacked his body. And boils broke out all sores all over his body. And dogs would come up and lick the pulse. And he kept serving God. His wife became became. Uh, he was detestable. He was, he was unthinkable and hard to look. He was embarrassing. And his wife said, listen, why don't you curse God and die? He said, woman, you talk like a fool. Then he makes this statement, naked. Naked I came. Naked I'll leave. Blessed. And you can't praise him right now? 
and you haven't gone through half of what Job has gone through and you can't even open up your mouth and give God praise and give him glory and give him honor for the great and mighty things that he has done in your life. Look at this. Please have a seat. Look at this. Come on, E-Church. I just got a few minutes, but look at verse 21. Look at the latter part of verse number, verse number 21. Where's this? At? Yeah, well, we already got the naked part. Give us some clothes now. He said, the Lord. If you read that and study it in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew, that's the word Adonai. Adonai, I came, he said, he said, Adonai gave me and Adonai has taken away. Now, 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 it is a statement of truth, what he said, but it's not a statement of truth about God. See, Job said this. It is, a, it is true that he said it. But it is not a statement of truth of the character of God. But he did say, have you ever said some things that wasn't necessarily the nature and character of God, but you said it? That's what Job did under the persecution and not having, you know, attended my church. Job said some foolish things out of his mouth because he didn't have what you have today. To know the nature and the character of God. So he said, uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord, no, the Lord don't take away. The devil takes away. But it is a statement of truth that Job said it. Are you all listening to me? So he said, Adonai. You don't get the full understanding of the, the B part of this verse by looking at your English uh, New King James uh, translation. The, the word Lord there is Adonai. He was saying the Lord God, the master. That's why he didn't get offended because God to him was master. And if you want to give it to me, I'll take it. If you want to take it away, it's all right with me. Why? Because he's the Lord Adonai. That means he's the boss. It's his company. He can do what he want to do. And my job is just simply to comply. That's why murmurs and complainers always shipwreck. It's one of the most detestable things that you can engage in as a Christian. How can you complain about your situation? How can you murmur? There's a lot of folk on the planet who would take what you call a problem. They would consider it a luxury. Are you all listening to me? Most of the world, what did I say? Most of the world don't even have a bicycle.
Most of the world don't even have a bicycle. And most of the cars on the planet are in America. There's over 7 billion people on the planet. And America controls about one-fourth of all of the vehicles on the planet. Are you all listening to me? The population in the United States of America, we're not even 4% of the world population. Are you all listening to me? The, the country of India, what did I say? India. In, America's got about 340 million people. The country of India, say India, they have a middle class over 340 million people. Their middle class in India is the population of all of the United States of America. I don't want to get into that because that's not my subject. But if you ever took the time to really study, you'll see why most of the world is angry at the United States. Because of how we consume most of the natural resources that causes other people in the world to suffer. But that's not my message today. This is impact Sunday. And we need to make an impact. I fell on my face uh, uh, to the Barretts the other night. And Minister Gravney particular. When I finally, I was sitting there in, in my chair. My wife's downstairs. It's about maybe two or three. Close to four in the morning. And I come to the place where I realize when I really, truly started worshiping God. You know, I was just going along kind of casually serving him. And then one day I just sold out. And I mean, I really started worshiping God and haven't stopped to this day. When I got to that place, everything I had belonged to him. And I told God, Minister Gravenigan, bear with me. I told God, I said, God, if you still want me, after all of what I've done, if you still want to use me, I haven't even gone to Raymond yet. I'm getting ready to go. In my neighborhood, we say, getting fixing to. And I got tears rolling down my cheek. And I'm like, God, if you still want me, after all of what I've done, and all the places I've been, and all the people I lied to and allowed to lie to me, I said, God, and I'm, 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 tears are rolling down my cheeks. I said, if you still want me, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. And I'll say whatever you tell me to say. I didn't have a clue when I said that, what all that meant. As a matter of fact, if I knew it then, maybe I wouldn't have said it. But when I said it, I meant it. Not knowing that to fulfill that confession I was going to have to lose everything I had. I lost my house. I lost my car. I left my job. Hard for me to get another job at the Bible college at the city that I moved to because when they looked at the money I made and the education that I had, they couldn't understand why a person would leave all of this to come to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to Bible college when you can go to Bible college in the same city where he was making all this money. 
So they, they didn't want to hire me because they said, if he'll leave this kind of money, if we train him real good, he'll leave us. Are you all listening to me? I don't care what comes, Lord. I don't care who comes in my life. I don't care who leaves my life. I'm going to serve you to the day I die. And stuff left me. For those who know, I'll leave it like that. And the devil jumped on my shoulder, said, now they gone. What you going to do? Your kids are gone. What are you going to do? And the church positioned himself to see if I was going to show up the next Sunday. And I showed up. And I showed up the next Sunday. 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 And they took my house and I showed up the next Sunday. I filed bankruptcy and I showed up the next Sunday. I don't know where my kids are, but I showed up the next Sunday. People lied on me and I showed up the next Sunday and I showed up the next Sunday. And God said, if you'll hold your peace, he said, I'll restore everything that the devil has stolen. I'll protect you and I'll keep you. And I showed up the next Sunday and I showed up the next Sunday and I showed up the next Sunday and I'm still showing up. God told me to tell you, those of you who lost something by staying in the wheel and obeying God, God said he's going to restore everything the devil has stolen from you, and it's going to be twofold. It's going to be, in other words, if you lost two, you're going to get four. If you lost 10, you're going to get 20. If you lost 20, you're going to get 40. If you lost 100, you're going to get And if you need scripture for that, go to the last chapter in the book of Job and you'll see that God gave him double for everything he lost. He lost 500 cattle. He got a thousand cattle. If you look at it, everything he lost, God gave him double. The only thing he didn't give him double was children. Hallelujah. Gave him seven sons, three daughters. He restored everything. I said he restored everything. Job recognized that everything that he had, that God was his source. When you come to that revelation, it's easy to give. See, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to live it. To live Everything I have belongs to God. Giving becomes easy then. It's easy for me to bless my wife. Everything I have, God gave it to me. And who knows, maybe what I have is because God gave her to me. Ooh, somebody, that's revelation for you. Maybe the reason the Lord is so good to you is because he knows you will bless somebody that he want to bless. And he's going to bless them through you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 
Maybe God blessed me like he blessed me so that my mother who birthed me into this world, but she didn't raise me. But because he blessed me, I was able to give her a better life. Suppose I say, well, she didn't do nothing for me. She ain't raised me. She didn't care nothing about me and closed my bowels. And that's the reason that God blessed me. Oh, Jesus. How many times have God spoken to you to bless the pastor? The blesser's wife, and you close your bowels. I don't get quiet. And what did you forfeit by not obeying? See, it becomes difficult to obey when you think it's your stuff. It's easy to let it go when you know you're a steward. And God promised, say promise. God promised a good steward things. He said, if you're a faithful steward over the little, he said, I'll entrust you. Come on, talk to me, church. So are you staying little because you can't be trusted? Because he covenanted that if you'll be faithful over the little, I'll entrust you with the lip, the bigger. If you're faithful of the little, I'll trust you with the much. The way you get to the much is being faithful over the little. Now, let me come where you live now. You're wanting God to bless you with something else, but you don't keep the car you got now clean. Because it's old. Why would God give you a bigger car when you don't keep a Volkswagen clean? Are you listening to me? You have to be faithful over the little. Why would God give you a bigger house and you won't keep the one you got now clean? Why would God give you a house when you won't keep the apartment clean? The way to qualify for your own is to be faithful over another man's. And when you're in an apartment, you're being trusted with another man's. Ooh, Jesus. Oh, God, (laughs) don't get offended. But if you were in a kingdom and understood you were in a kingdom, every one of you would be standing. Who are physically able. No, I don't I don't I didn't say that for you doing thing now. I'm just simply saying that's how you would have to function in a kingdom. Okay, to give you a glimpse of a kingdom. Anybody here ever been to court? to support somebody else? I needed to throw that in. Anybody here, wave your hand. You've been to court to support somebody. Yeah, you come in the courtroom and say, I'm here to support you, brother. I'm here to support you. I know I don't know you, but the Lord told me to come and pray for everybody. Anybody here? Okay, did you notice in the courtroom that it functions like a kingdom? Did you notice? Did you notice that when the judge walks in, the bailiff, the sheriff says, talk to me. Come. Huh? Huh? And notice you lose all your democracy. And you don't have a problem at all. Stand up for that man up there who may have been smoking cigars in the back room with an old, with old black robe, but you stand your behind up. 
because in the courtroom, everybody is going to honor the judge. Well, you're in a courtroom. And everybody in here is going to honor the judge of all judges. King of all kings. And Lord of all lords. And that's all the praise team was talking about. That's all they were singing about. They were trying to get us to acknowledge that the king is here. That don't sit down on your rusty dusty, but stand up and open your mouth and give the king of kings and give the Lord of lords, give him praise. The king is here. Oh, Jesus. And if the king is here, listen, if the king is here, then healing's here. You can be healed. If the king is here, deliverance is here. You can be delivered. Oh, Jesus. Let's close now. Please be seated. Let me close with this in Malachi 3. Malachi chapter 3. Is this blessing anybody at all? Yeah, giving becomes easy when you realize you don't own anything. That's why I've shared with you over the years, don't ever allow any man or woman talk you in to giving anything or any amount. You always give according to the direction of the Holy Spirit. Then there's another way you can give. You can give relative to how God has blessed you. God, you're not necessarily asking for it, but you have been so good to me. Harvest Church, you're not necessarily asking for it, Pastor, but this ministry has been such a blessing to me. And God has blessed me so much since I've been here. I just want to express to God how appreciative I am of him and how appreciative I am of my church and my pastor. And whatever God tells him that we need to do concerning Project Destiny, I don't want to be a hindrance to it. I want to be a helper to it. This ministry has blessed me. I want to make sure that it's here for other families, other couples, other singles, other children. If the Lord tarries, long after I'm gone, I want to make a deposit in my church to make sure this thing is still standing. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're in Malachi 3? Let's go there. Malachi 3, and let's close with this. If God has given it to you once, I'm telling you, he can do it again. Oh, God. Sometimes God has to allow you to lose something so that he can get what he wants into your hands. There's so many things that I lost that I cried over. I'm sorry I cried. I just didn't have any revelation of why it needed to go. Good God of mercy. Ugh. There are things that I lost that I thought my life was going to be jacked up when it walked away. I didn't realize how good it was going to be around the corner. Because I couldn't see around the corner. I couldn't see around the corner until I got around the corner. And I couldn't get around the corner until some stuff I had that God didn't want me to take around the corner was out of my life. And when it got out of my life, God took me around the corner. And when I got around the corner, Donna was there. Darrell was there. My house was there. Are you listening to me? My blessing was there. My increase was there. My peace was there. My joy was there. 
My kids got a mama that loved everybody. Harvest Church got a lady who didn't just sit in the church, but would help her husband serve the people. It was around the corner. Touch three people and say, it's around the corner. It's around the corner. It's around the corner. Do it right. Yeah, it's around the corner. It's around the corner. Hallelujah. If they don't move, then go to somebody else and say, it's around the corner. It's around the corner. around the corner it's around the corner it's around the corner lift both your hands up open your hands up you can't receive with your hands balled up open your hands up you cannot receive with your hands balled up only stingy people have their fists balled up but givers any givers in the house? Givers have their hands open. When they're open, you can give. And when they're open, you can receive. And somebody, I know it by the Holy Ghost. Your husband is around the corner. Your husband is around the corner. Your husband is around the corner. Your husband is around. I'm talking to somebody. Your husband is around the corner. Your husband is around the good God of mercy. I'm not talking about Ishmael. Your husband is around the corner. That was by the Holy Ghost. That was for somebody. Somebody's getting a husband. And there's nothing the devil can do about it. Those of you who already have a husband, go ahead and rejoice for the women who are getting ready to get a husband. A man of God. A man of God. Uh, shout like you got him. Shout like you got him. Uh. Hallelujah. Uh, glory to God. Uh, London, London, you be still. You're too young to get. Ain't nothing around the corner for you but books. <laughs> nothing around the corner for London but books. I know her shout like her husband's around the corner. I'm like, girl, ain't nothing around the corner of you but some books. Another classroom. <laughs> but let's close with this, Malachi 3. Man, I've been a part of Impact Sunday ever since we started in this church. I've never felt such a liberty at Impact Sunday like I'm feeling in this room today. I mean, you can just, can you, I mean, you can just sense it. It's going to be a supernatural because we understand now that it's not ours, it's God's. 
And our job is to be a good steward. And we are to simply ask him, God, out of everything that you've entrusted me with, what is it that you want me to release? Which goes back to our praise person who said there's no condemnation. Condemnation only comes when you walk out the door when you've done something that was disobedient. Because when you don't obey God, then you open the door for the devil to accommodate you. And he brings condemnation. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. Yeah. I've given something before in the spirit of the Holy Ghost. The spirit of God would come upon me and say, you didn't obey. Not condemnation, conviction. You, you didn't know, but come on now. You know me, but you're too blessed to be acting like that. Do right. And, 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 and do right. Sometimes I've given somebody something on the corner, drove off three or four blocks down the road, and the Holy Ghost would convict me. You didn't, do, you didn't give that person what I told you to give them. Yeah. Oh, man. Now I got to drive off. The traffic's backed up. And the Holy Ghost don't say no more. But I know God now well enough that I need to do whatever I need to do, do a U-turn. Go back there and do right. As a matter of fact, just yesterday, I saw a person and I, uh, they said, that'll be $20. And I gave them 40. And they're like, man, they, oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, thank you, whatever they call me. Thank you. I go to my car to get in. I'm, a, I'm in the inner city. And the Holy Ghost said, that's not what I told you to give him. I said, well, I, he charged me 20. I gave him 40. He said, but that's not what I told you to give him. So I turn around. I go back. It just so happened he's outside by his vehicle with the trunk up. I said, hey. I said, uh, called his name. I said, give me that $40 back. He said, give back. I said, give me that $40 back. He said, oh, okay. He gave me the $40. And then I gave him what the Holy Ghost told me to give him. And when, when, I, when I walked away and got to my truck, I looked back at him. He was like this. Well, wait, wait, what's next? What did you think he said to God? What do you think he said to God about me? Curse him? I wonder, did God hear him? Now, some of, some of you, you're not going to get this. But I don't pray for money for myself. It's been years since I went to God talking about what I need for myself. Because I understand if I'm obedient, money will come. There'll be no lack when you're obedient. Oh, Jesus. Malachi 3, and we're done. You're there? I've given all of you enough time to find Malachi. A familiar passage of scripture, but look at this. Verse 8, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? I wish I had time. Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way? We robbed you, God. I mean, I've done some things wrong, but I've never walked up in your face, God, and took something from you. I've never jacked you up. 
I've never pulled up on you and pulled out a pistol and say, give it up. Look at the next verse. In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings? Voluntary offering contributions? You have robbed me, even this whole nation, bringing all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And then he goes on and say, he says, he said, and try me now in this, saith the Lord of hosts, says Adonai, says Jehovah Jireh. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there shall not be room enough to receive them. Now, don't, don't get all theologically deep on me. I know that this passive scripture is talking to farmers. The, the economy of that day was agriculture. Are you listening to me? We don't live in an agricultural age today. As a matter of fact, I think it's something about 3% or less of people who produce all of the food for this country today. Where even in my lifetime growing up, everybody in my neighborhood had a garden that they exchanged. You know, somebody grow this, somebody grow cucumbers, somebody grow green beans, and, you know, they would can them and the whole gamut. So, so this verbiage here is talking a language that farmers understand. God says, see if I will not open up what? The windows of, what does a farmer need? They need rain. And God says, I'll open up the heavens. And pour you out blessings that your barns won't be big enough to contain it all. Are you listening to me? The same principle applies to you and I. I wrote this down because this is so true. This is, this is so true. This is so true. Where, where is it at, Lord? People who don't tithe usually don't care about the work of the ministry. You'll discover that people who don't tithe are casual when it comes to the church. I don't want to use the word members because membership is not in scripture. God, God never asked anybody how many members you got. Membership is, is, is not in, in the scriptures. You're only a member if you're in a club. But if you're in a kingdom, you're a citizen. Are you all listening to But I've discovered in my 30-some years of pastoring that people don't tie are casual about the things of God. They come when they want to. They participate if they want to. Uh, if, if you say something they don't like, they'll leave you and go somewhere else. Their commitment levels is real shallow. And most of the time, they get sideways with you if you talk about evangelism and if you talk about finances because they're casual. They usually attend, but they don't participate in anything. Nothing stops if they don't show up. Now, I don't know about you, but that would disturb me. That I am a part of a church, I say I am, and if I don't show up, nothing's effective. That means I'm not effective. That means I'm not doing nothing. 
I'll go back to what I said earlier. The church is the only place where people attend who don't participate and expect to get paid. Nowhere else do they go and don't participate and expect a reward. Only in the church. Most of their prayers is about God giving them something that they don't even qualify for. And then they get frustrated that it doesn't happen and blame the pastor that he's not anointed anymore. Think for a moment that if you don't attend your church to our visitors, if you don't attend, nobody misses you. Your presence makes no impact at all. That means when we see you coming, do we see help? Or do we see a spectator? Not in your church. Not in a place that you call your church. Not if that person is your man of God. If he's called, you've been called to help. And if you're not helping, you're not diligent. And God promised to bless the diligent. You don't get a breakthrough and you act confused. Like you don't understand why it's not happening. Like God has forgotten about you. No, God hadn't forgot about you. You've forgotten about God. Is this good? So they casually attend not to participate, but to ease their religious consciousness. Consequently, they can go anywhere on a Sunday. Not where God told them. They can go anywhere on a Sunday and satisfy their religious duties within their minds. Who Jesus. It's getting quiet now. But notice four times in verse 8 and 9, Four times in two verses, the word rob was mentioned. Four times in two verses. The inference is that God is saying in these passages of scripture, you rob me in tithes and offerings. The inference here, Minister Martin, is this. God says, and you think you're getting away with it. That's what he's saying in Job. God says, I'm omniscient. I'm all, I'm everywhere. And you think you're going to walk up on me and steal from me and get away with it. That you're going to rob the bank and not get caught. Read it in the context. That's what he's saying. You think that you cannot tithe and not honor me with an offering and you think you're going to get away with it? I got quiet now. 40% of you should be shouting. 
and growing. Come on now. God, I didn't say it. God did. You think by you not tithing. Now do you understand what I said from the beginning about if you don't get that first thing right, the earth is the Lord's. You're going to stumble for the rest of your days when it comes to the things of God because you'll think you have a choice. And in a kingdom, you don't have a choice. You do whatever the king decrees. God. And you'll have whatever the king says you're to have. And you're to go wherever the king tells you to go. And you're to do whatever the king tells you to do. That's in a kingdom, not in a democracy. In a democracy, if we don't like who's in office, after four years, we vote them out. And you don't like the fact you can't vote God out. And in this matter concerning Malachi 3 and 8, 9, and 10, it, it don't make no difference what you think. You can't vote him out. But he does say, you don't honor me, and you think. You think you're going to get away with it. You think you're going to get away with it because everything you have, you think is yours, and you think you got it by your own strength. Do you see the mindset? It's, it's hard to tie when you think, you, I trained for this. I work, I went to school for this. But, but whose air did you use to get there? And whose right mind did you use to drive to get there? And who woke you up every morning to go to school? C -c Come on now. Who, who gave you the strength for all of the faculties in your body to work so that you could operate with such precision? You see, so you'd have to think God didn't do it for you to be blessed and to ignore him like he didn't do it. That's why if your eyes are open today, you will never, ever again in your life struggle honoring God with the tithe and the offering. Somebody said, well, we're not talking about the tithe. No, we're talking about first fruit. Well, we're talking about it all. But if you want to just get real theological on me, in Proverbs chapter 3, it talks about that we're to honor the Lord with, with, the, with the first fruit of all of our increase. All you're saying when you give to God is you're saying, God, I didn't do this on my own. If it hadn't been for you, none of this would have happened. Are you listening to me? And because I honor you, Lord, my kids don't get sick. They don't step on a pebble and break their ankles. Witchcraft is not allowed to operate in my house because my house is blessed and not cursed. No, God don't curse you. Curse yourself when you don't allow God to bless you. Like when you rob him of the opportunity to bless you like he wants to bless you. Are you listening to me? And so tithing and offering is easy if you come to the realization that everything you have, God entrusted you with it. And when you think it's just yours, now it becomes a struggle. Hallelujah. Or you're in a church where you feel like the preacher's taking all the money and not doing right. I know some of you said it. You know, not about me, but in former days. But I've endeavored to live in such a way to eliminate that struggle for you. Now, let me, let, me, let me be a pastor. I've been talking about Project Destiny for years, haven't I? Do you know, Mother and Minister Clayton, it would be done today if everybody tied? 
The only reason that, that you hear me say things over and over and over is because everybody don't obey God. Then they get mad at me when they come under condemnation. Like I put it on them. I didn't go to church to feel like that. I didn't make you feel like that. Obey God and stop feeling like that. Obey God and stop feeling like that. Obey God and shut the door on the devil from making you feel like that. And then if you don't believe that I'm trustworthy, that I'm a pastor of integrity, that my track record is not one that is one that is deserving of your tithe and offering, meaning you don't trust me, then go to a church where you trust the pastor because you have to tithe. The tithe belongs in the storehouse. The tithe is God's. Even to our e-church, you might be at home, but the tithe belongs in the storehouse. So what's your excuse? You have none now because I preached your last excuse out of you. And that is, it's my stuff. Now you come to understand it's not your stuff. It's God's stuff. Come on, say it with me. It's not my stuff. It's God's stuff. My house stuff. My car stuff. My stock stuff. My investment stuff. My money stuff. It's all God's stuff. And I'm just a steward. And as a steward, hear this as I close. As a steward, you don't let me or any other preacher, and you certainly don't let some TV ministry talk you out of your money to send to them and you don't know them or anything else because they put a few babies up there with a big belly and some flies playing on your emotions. And then you send money off to there and don't even tithe in your church. Somebody playing on your emotions. I'm not saying all of them, but most of them are a hustle. I didn't say all of them, but most of them, it's a hustle. The only reason Project Destiny is any further along than it is is because a number of our people don't tithe. As a matter of fact, if everybody who called themselves a member of Harvest Church would honor God to the degree that he's blessed them, Jesus, I've already proved what I do with it. We're debt free today because what I said I would do with it. No, don't clap. Because when I told you it was debt-free, it's amazing how giving stopped. But our responsibility didn't stop. And if it had not been, where's she at? If it had not been for Impact Sunday for the, what, the last how many years? At least six years? I'm talking about where we wouldn't have made ends meet. How many years? I have to ask them because I don't know. They, they deal with the money. I don't even know the combination to the safe. But if it hadn't been for Impact Sunday at least the last two or three years, Harvest Church wouldn't even be here. And the reason you didn't know is because I never took the liberty in the pulpit to, to I'm never going to beg. Never. And if you don't love God enough, if your life haven't been blessed enough by being in this church, because that's the only way we qualify. If this ministry hasn't blessed you, we don't qualify. But if this ministry has blessed your life, blessed your family, blessed your marriage, blessed your children, 
Your life is better having been here. And God has raised your life up. Then this ministry qualifies for your tithe and your offering. And you should want to give it. And I told you, I'll never beg. I'll just throw in the pulpit one day and say it's over. Because I'll never beg. But I'll try to live in such a way to where you don't struggle on Sunday morning with your tithe and your offerings and your special gifts because of the way I've tried to live before you and the things that I've done in this ministry. I pray to God that if you were a bad steward at the beginning of this message, I pray that you've moved over to this side of the church where the good stewards are. Because God has promised to bless the faithful good steward. You may have a lot today, but how much more would you have if you obeyed him. What are you sacrificing? You got three million, but you sacrificed 15 million by not doing what God said. You got 100,000, but you left 500,000 on the table because you didn't honor God. You think it's an accident that the number one restaurant in America, the owner is a tither? who don't even open his restaurant on a Sunday. You all know him, Chick-fil-A. He don't even open. Come on now. Everybody else is open to stay in business. He doesn't even open on Sundays. He closed the, the factory on Sundays and still make more money than everybody who stay open seven days a week. Are you ready? Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.